0: Team Futurism. I'm joined by John from Godless Engineer. That's his YouTube channel. And I've uh, been watching John's YouTube for, um, I don't know, maybe about a year now. I've got into the whole uh, Jesus mythicism topic. Um, It's it's been been kind of part of my journey from just becoming, you know, growing up as a Christian to becoming an atheist to still being interested in Christianity broadly because I'm just so aware of it. You know, I've read the Bible Mm -hmm. several several times. It's still culturally relevant all over the place, Um, you know, whether it is a topic like Christian nationalism or or in so many ways like Christianity, it's still kind of relevant. Um, And just being, you know, just continuing to read about it. Um, I have kind of like slipped into this world of uh, the the Christian, I mean, the Jesus mythicism topic. This is interesting to me because uh, a little while ago, a couple months ago, I wrote an article for Miriam West called uh, Jesus Mythicism is About to Go Mainstream. And I laid out some reasons there, and this is one thing I want to talk to you about today, uh, about, you know, is that true, for one? Um, and also, I just want to talk about broadly um, the evolution of Christianity um, and how religion is is kind of on the decline, but what that means culturally um, for the United States and for the world. Um, But I do want to start out uh, just by kind of like asking you about how you got into these topics and specifically the Jesus mythicism. And maybe you can even give a a quick intro to what Jesus mythicism is. Sure. No problem.
1: Uh, So I as far as like how I got interested into the topic uh, was uh, you know back uh, after I deconverted from Christianity, and I was really engaging like in Facebook groups and stuff. I found myself in historical conversations about like Christianity's earliest origins and and everything, and so. I, I found myself on the historicist side cause I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, there was probably a guy. I mean, that's obvious. And so I got challenged on it. Like, well, what evidence do you have for that? And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. And so uh, generally what happens for me is, you know, like I don't know something. So I go and I, I try to, figure it out. Like starting with just a simple Google search and then, you know, I'll, I'll find books or I'll look more into the subject. And I eventually got turned on to David Fitzgerald's uh, nailed book. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, uh, he presents a, a pretty convincing case in that and that, and he just provides like a kind of a brief overview of the scholarship at the time. And uh, then, of course, that led me to Carrier's book. And Carrier has a whole bunch of recommendations for different books that you can read. And then, you know, Carrier actually had two peer reviewed books uh, published um, sort of surrounding the topic. And so, I mean, I had a lot of, of stuff to consume. And, you know, at the end of it, I just found myself not being convinced that Jesus was a historical figure. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, and maybe we can get on into, you know, maybe later as to why I believe that, or wh- why I'm still staunchly a mythicist now. But, um, for those of you that don't know about mythicism, that's, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't believe that, uh, Jesus, well, specifically Jesus mythicism, uh, uh, somebody that doesn't believe that Jesus was a historical figure, that this was a, Uh, a mythical figure that was uh, sort of um, not really made up out of whole cloth, but rather was developed out of existing Jewish ideas. And so through the uh, creation or or the not creation, but through the Hellenization of the, uh, of Judaism, um, they came up with this figure, this Messiah figure that had been, uh, you know, sort of foretold in their scriptures uh, and, uh, Basically, just uh, revolutionized Judaism into Christianity. And so there was no real historical figure that was at the center of Christianity. There were, there were, there's just these stories about this Messiah figure that did all these things. And in my opinion, that's what the evidence currently shows as far as the, the evidence that we currently have. There are a number of counter arguments to it, but I feel like the. Uh, explanations for these pieces of evidence are stronger on the mythicist side than the historicist side. And like what, one of the big ones is Paul's epistles. Uh, there's uh, I believe seven uh, epistles that are considered by uh, nearly all scholars to be written by the same person that, that we call Paul. And so he is our first indication of this Messiah Jesus figure. And it seems like, you know, there's there's nothing in his work that actually puts him on earth. We only have a celestial figure of Jesus in that one. And then uh, another big point is the fact that pre-Christian Jews actually came up with an an archangel Messiah figure whose one of his names is is Jesus. And, uh, you know, they came up with this whole Messiah idea about how, you know, his death would absolve sins and all this other stuff. And that's completely separate. Like, that's a separate uh, sect of Jews than uh, Paul came from. And so it just seems like there was this uh, movement to reinterpret scriptures and to provide this Messiah figure that would eventually become Jesus in Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so I i couldn't I couldn't find a good argument to suggest that Jesus was a historical figure. And so that's why I became a mythicist. That's why I started making videos about it, and that's why I continue to
0: advocate uh, on behalf of the position. Excellent. Yeah. so I mean, it's interesting to me because, I can care less, you know, whether Jesus lived or not at some basic level. I, I, I'm not invested in this because I think it's a good way to convince Christians to not be Christians, you know, right. or, or, or I, I have no ulterior motive here. I really don't. I just think that it's interesting. And, but, you know, when I published this piece in Miriam West, um, I got more hate i've gotten from any article i've ever published and i've published some some you know political pieces that were were warranting some pushback right but like and this this is i guess religion is just such a hot topic um i got hate from christians obviously but also from um in particular some people in the atheist community this guy uh tim something i forget his name tim o'neill yeah he he runs a website um history for atheists um and so okay so i want to throw this out there to you is that you know is this just a conspiracy theory is this flat earth is this um you know that sort of a thing like chemtrails or or is this something different and and you know why is it different
1: well, I, I definitely don't consider it a conspiracy theory, obviously. I mean, I'm very much against conspiracy theories. But uh, see, a main component about conspiracy theories is that you have this narrative that you want to tell. And so you'll twist information and you'll you'll twist the facts and, and outright ignore other facts in order to... Construct your narrative. So generally, conspiracy theories will have a nugget of truth at the center of it, and then from from that nugget of truth, you sort of branch out to your desired destination. But the the problem with mythicism is that like just like you said, it's not my desired destination that mm-hmm. Jesus not exists. Like that has no. Value in my life, really, and mm-hmm. like you know, you were saying that you tuned into my channel because of my Mythesis content. You've been keeping up with it, but really, th- that content does the worst performance-wise on my channel, and I know that. So I have to sort of, you know, uh, I- I've got to put out content like that in in a very, I guess, calculated manner at times, uh just because of how YouTube's algorithm works, but it's one of the lowest viewed, uh, uh, uh pieces of, of, uh, content on my channel. And so it's not advantageous for me necessarily mm-hmm. to put out that kind of content. So there's, there's no, there's no reason why I need this narrative to be true. And, uh, what it seems to me is that the whole conspiracy theory sort of aspect of it, uh, is really just rhetoric that has no, no teeth to it. Like there's, there's Mm. no, like when you challenge people about why is this a conspiracy theory? They don't have good answers. Like they can't, they can't explain it to you because they just, it seems like they want it to be a conspiracy theory or they have a sort of weird idea about what mythicism is because you, you do have a lot of crank mythicism that would, Uh, be categorized as conspiracy theory and typically that's really easy to sort of identify because what you're going to find is you're going to find a lack of evidence you're going to find a lack of uh, like source citation you're going to find a lack of um, uh, like uh, or or not a lack but you're going to find a lot of speculation and so the the thing with um, uh, my my uh, position is minimal mythicism is that You know, there's it's it's sourced in real academia. It's sourced in um, actual source uh, material like manuscript evidence and just general information that we know to be true about like the first century or about, you know, uh, Jews right around that time. Um, It's sourced in all of that And it's it's literally just taking All of the puzzle pieces that already exist Mm -hmm. And then putting them together And then filling in the blanks That haven't been explored yet Whereas With conspiracy theories Like, I'll just give you a for instance Like with the Flat Earth conspiracy theory you have to literally ignore like evidence in the form of pictures, in the form mm-hmm. of uh, radiometric data. You you've got to ignore like uh, so many different fields of science in order to make the whole flat Earth conspiracy thing work. And then you've got to postulate like, oh, there's this cabal of people that want to make you think that the Earth is round for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But that that's not what the the mythicist argument is saying. Uh, I mean, I I would say that there, uh, that the, the use of consensus in New Testament studies is a problem, and mm-hmm. that you know everybody appeals to the consensus, but the consensus is maintained by Christians but that's a far cry from saying that oh well, there's world organizations that are dedicated to keeping you know Jesus a historical figure or something like that i don't i i don't think that's it i just think that religion has a pretty tight hold on a lot of people and considering that this field has primarily religious scholars in it it's it's going to take a lot to change their minds i mean mythicism right now is going through the same thing that um you know the uh, Old Testament went through when we figured out that the uh, patriarchs there most likely were never historical. Right, that these these were constructed individuals. So, uh, dur- in, in that particular situation, you had like years of of people that were fighting against this idea and you had like a lot of dirty stuff that went on in the academic world, uh, like, uh, blacklisting people, uh, firing people from positions. There was a uh, one particular person that couldn't even get a job in the field that he had a PhD in and he had to like paint houses and like teach high school classes in order to make ends meet. Hmm. So, I mean, there, there, there's a real concern in, in new Testament studies about this kind of stuff, but, as as far as it being a conspiracy theory, there's just no teeth to that argument, and it's just rhetoric that's trying to make you stop thinking about the question of whether or not Jesus existed.
0: Yeah, that all makes sense. And you know, um, when I when I wrote this piece uh, for Miriam West again, um, it, the, part of the reason why I wrote it was was that. You know, I was talking to my wife about this, and I was telling her, hey, like, I, I think that, um, you know, I've been reading about Jesus' mythicism. I, I might almost be on board with it. And she rolled her eyes, and she was like, wait, like, no, duh. Like, obviously, that's true. Of course, Jesus was made up. And her background, and this to me is just fascinating because there are more and more people exactly like her she grew up not knowing a single thing about religion, about Christianity or anything. She didn't know who Jesus was until she was like 12, you know, never even like had no idea that it was tied to like the virgin birth and just like nothing. Like even right now you could ask her like, what was the virgin birth all about? She probably wouldn't be able to tell you, which to me, is hilarious, you know? Um, but the thing that's fascinating about that is that more and more people are going to grow up like her. Right. Mm-hmm. And that just because you know even people now who say that they're christian i know a lot of people like this who say they're christian they don't own a bible they don't go to church they just kind of like it's just type of the the thing that you do because like ah yeah i'm I'm american i'm christian you know but they have they they're not invested in anything and a lot of those people when they have children and then they don't take their children to school to, to church they're not indoctrinated in any sense um, just to believe these stories, or to be told that, like, oh, of course Jesus was a real person. Like, how could you not—you know, if you're not grown up and told that, you might think, oh, you hear about this guy who, like, walked on water, he was, you know, virgin birth, he died and went up to heaven, you know, just floated up into— the, of course he's mythological. I mean, that how is that different from, uh, you know— uh, poseidon or or any other sort of god figure it's and they're all mythological so of course jesus was right that seems like a pretty reasonable assumption again just like harkening back to my wife who like that was her assumption you know and guaranteed she's representing more or not fewer people moving forward what do you think is going to be i mean is that going to be like a, a growing default view in in your perspective or is am i just like my sample size of one is it is it not representative do you think
1: well, I mean, I think that uh, you know more and more people are growing up without religion, uh, and without being indoctrinated into it. I mean, I know I was indoctrinated into it, so I had no problem thinking about a dude walking on water, you know. But uh, I think the the more that people grow up without being indoctrinated, I think that you know it'll it'll be easier to dismiss this, you know, the idea of the gospel Jesus. And and I feel like that's where a little bit of the nuance comes in because you'll have plenty of people that will say, Oh yeah, definitely the Jesus and the gospel never existed. They'll say that, but then they'll follow it up with, but there probably was really a guy that like, right. you know, everything was based on. But uh, you know, uh, minimal mythicism, uh, that position uh, goes farther than that and says that, you know, well, there there wasn't originally a guy there that all these stories were based off of. This was you know a gradual um uh sort of creation of a of a, a of a messiah figure out of pre-existing Jewish ideas. And so there, there was never was a historical person like walking around. And generally, in my experience, like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, well, you know, there definitely was a guy that was walking around. He just wasn't magical."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's why a lot of the conversations between, you know, atheists and Christians, uh, they're they're not all that interesting. Like they're not too terribly um, mm-hmm. uh, enlightening because it's basically an atheist arguing against the magical Jesus and right. you know b- b- plenty of people do that now but um the real discussion to be had is uh between a a historicist who who takes a more minimal historicist uh position and and minimal mythicist because both of them are arguing over the same thing you know whether or not all of this is based off of a real human that walked around and gathered people and was teaching stuff and so um i uh I think that as we head into the future, mythicism will become more mainstream with just the general public, I think. But as far as academia goes, I don't think it'll ever be a mainstream position. Uh, okay. And that's that's primarily because of the fact that, like I said before, New Testament studies is primarily made up of Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, you even have Dr. Bart Ehrman, who uh, is a an agnostic, or uh, he sometimes go by goes by atheist, but he's an atheist agnostic um, uh, uh, professor, um, and you know he'll he'll say uh, he'll even say that he's in the minority of New Testament scholarship when he says that, you know, Jesus didn't historically rise from the dead. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that is the mainstream position in New Testament studies because most people in New Testament studies are going to be Christians. So they're going to believe that that was a historical fact that Jesus resurrected from the dead. So I think that New Testament studies will will never be interested in the mythicist question just by how they act and how important Jesus's very existence is to Christianity. Now, as far as like hundreds of years from now, I, I, m- maybe at some point they can move past it. They move past other things in their religion, so I don't know. Maybe they can. But mm-hmm. I think for the immediate future, as far as academia goes, mythicists will never be a mainstream position, but I think the general public
0: will begin to accept it more and more, you know, as time goes on. I think that's what I I uh, believe too. And I mean Bart Urbans an interesting case. I've read some of his books. I think his books are great. I really like the guy. I you know, I've listened to him on some podcasts and I really like him. Um but it's interesting I one time he was talking to uh, Michael Shermer, uh the Skeptic magazine guy, um and Michael asked him about the the mythicism question. Um and I I wish they had talked more about it cuz you know, I I you know, I think that Michael could be a person who could, you know open this discussion in an interesting way. But Ehrman, to me in 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 my mind, he kind of like showed his cards in that he said that I'm not ever gonna go there because it turns Christians off from even engaging with a non-believer to even like entertain the idea that Jesus was a real person. He says it's a non-starter to to convert people. It's like, okay, well, that's that's like that's that's you're, you're, that's, that's the whole game. Like it clearly, you're trying to deconvert people. Like I'm not, I don't care. You know, I think people are going to be deconverted naturally just as demographics change. Um, I'm not in the business of like, you know, trying to do that. So I, I think that like, maybe the, the door to getting him to change his mind is to just, I mean, not that he needs to, I mean, I don't care. Like he can believe what he wants, but, uh, I, I think it's just to maybe, you know, get him to see that, like, this is an interesting topic just for the sake of, uh, I don't know, historical accuracy or just what we could learn culturally from this, any anything like that. Um, and not like it's it, everything isn't about the deconversion game. People are going to be deconverted. That's just like where we are at in history right now. Like people can Google shit if they're curious. You know what I mean? Like you're going to no one's going to believe or fewer and fewer people are going to believe uh, many of the tenets of uh, Christianity in the future, just like no one believes that slavery is now okay, right? And that used to be like, oh, it's just a thing. Grow past it. We're going to grow past many more things in the Bible, I think. Um, but, I mean, I'm kind of curious. There's a question in there that I have for you, which is is that, like, going back to, to, to Bart Ehrman, what, I mean, what are the repercussions for people ex- becoming more accepting to uh, this idea of Jesus mythicism? Do you think that it, it has a, a, a cultural harm baked in there of any sense? of Maybe one, it gets Christians more entrenched in their views, as Bart Ehrman might say, or, you know, do we need as a culture this belief that Jesus was a real person? That it Maybe a Jordan Peterson character would say that we need this this mythology, you know, to ground us in Western civilization. Do you think there's anything there? Or are, you know, are you just, you think we should just move past the Jesus myth? Well, I mean, I think that uh, obviously I feel like
1: the theology of Christianity, regardless of whether or not Jesus was a historical figure, I think that it's very toxic and abusive. I think that it causes people to uh, tear themselves down. Um, and then also, you know other people pushing the theology on them will teach them how to tear themselves down and to shame them and guilt them and everything like that. So, I think that the theology of Christianity is ultimately a net negative. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, for for that reason, I would say that it's it's ultimately better emotionally, psychologically, and all that for people to, move past Christianity. As far as, uh, the question of, of Jesus, like existing in history. Um, I, I, I don't want it. I don't want it to come off. Like I think that people need to move past that or people need to just accept it or whatever. <clears throat> I think that the, uh, that, you know, everybody can be perfectly fine and still think that Jesus existed in history, but, I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to care, like if you really want to know the truth of, of history, which is, I would hope what most historians uh, would want to know, I would hope that you would want to investigate that. And if you're, if you're an atheist and you know, you've, you've sat there and you've questioned whether or not God exists and you've come away unconvinced of that. um, I would hope that you would level the same kind of skepticism for Jesus's very existence. Um because the 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 evidence for it is is not as great as a lot of people would have you think, especially mm-hmm. Bart Ehrman uh, would would have you think. And um I feel like if if you're going to if you're going to be unconvinced by God's existence existence, then you should probably investigate whether or not Jesus existed and apply the same quality of of like expectations for evidence or, you know, so you use the same quality of criteria, you know, for Jesus's existence that you do for, you know, accepting God's existence. Um, and, you know, there, there's plenty of ways, uh, plenty of criteria out there that we can apply to Jesus to see whether or not he existed. But the problem is, is that, you know, of course, you've got religious scholars that are setting these criteria. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people have, um, I guess kind of uh, skewed ways of viewing history in light of that, and so I, I I do I do wish that more people would look into like the historicity of Jesus and all that. I I, I wish that you know Bart uh, people like Bart Ehrman uh, wouldn't make the topic so vitriolic uh, mm-hmm. because you know it's it's been you know the historicists that have mm-hmm. really made this conversation. Uh, over this this topic, um so uh, harsh at times, and mm-hmm. you know, receiving the kind of backlash like that you received. Uh, i don't I don't think that there's really any need for that. Um, I think that you know, we can just have conversations about this stuff, and it's like, you know, no big deal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that people need to investigate it. and i I think that regardless of the topic, though, people need to try to move past christianity just because of how toxically abusive it is
0: yeah i mean i i totally agree with that too um so i mean in regard to someone like jordan peterson um i just bring it up because <clears throat> i mean he's he's so topical on th- this topic half the time but i mean in a sense i think he he totally can and does do some good for for people who just like maybe they need an intro into like a self-help world right and he can give some like Okay, self-help guides. Maybe someone needs that and that's totally I'm totally okay with that. I, I really kind of do think when where he gets more um more where I become uncomfortable with what he's saying, there are a lot of areas. Um <laughs> but um I think it is like it's the Christian stories, the Christian narrative that he's so obsessed with that leads him into some kind of Potentially harmful views, and it's because when you look at the Christian narrative, um, I mean, it's it's a blood sacrifice-based religion where the uh, the main godhead figure says, "Don't question me, and and don't uh, you know look into the world for answers. Look to me for answers. All those sorts of things." Um, the 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 point of of irritation with uh you know or the the the, one of the points of departure for me with christianity is that exact thing where i think that the the message fundamentally it's portrayed as this beautiful beautiful thing it's really this ugly story it's really like this this horrible tyrannical figure just as a literary figure um this this is something that i've written about quite a bit is, is that just the the you know in terms of the nuts and bolts of the story um you know it's it's such an easy way to go to say that Lucifer is more of the good guy in the story because he he's he's you know the I know there's a lot here but he's the light bringer he's the one who says it'll yes uh, find your own answers and uh, look to the world for answers don't look to this authoritarian figure and in fact defy the authoritarian figure when they say um, these are the rules and I'm gonna kill you if you don't follow them right um, so I mean the Lucifer figure is science it's modernity it's um, it's it's us, uh, you know, transcending the ancient stories of paranoia and and ignorance, right? Uh, do you have any thoughts on like that symbolism? I mean, do you have any? I mean, I I, I really do enjoy Satanism. It's it's kind of like if, if I'm gonna like go with a story ancient narrative, I I resonate with that. Do you do you have any uh, any thoughts on Satanism or or any of that that mythology stuff that resonates with you?
1: Well uh so uh, as you were speaking I, I was just thinking about how you know uh, Abrahamic religions in general are very anti-knowledge like mm-hmm. from the get-go and I think that that, you, that that whole aspect of it uh very much impedes like social and and societal progress in general uh and and that's because you know, you have various points in our history that you can look to where religion has has tried to keep us like from progressing. Uh, you know, societally, uh, it, it, one of the the best examples that I can think of is uh, Ben Franklin, uh, I believe it was, who invented the uh, lightning rod. He faced opposition from the religious, you know, people at the time because they felt like he was undermining God's will uh, mm-hmm. because when people would go and bring the church bells on occasion, somebody would get struck by lightning and killed. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they thought that, well, that's, you know, what God, what God wanted that person dead for whatever reason. And so by, by Franklin inventing the lightning rod, putting it up on, on churches and putting them up everywhere, it, You know led to people not being struck by lightning and so they were very much opposed to that very simple thing and you know it it almost very um, at some points in history you can definitely see where religion is looking to uh, regress us. Or or, or pre- it just prevent us from moving forward. I mean, regression, I'm thinking about, you know, the repeal of Roe v. Wade and how if the Republicans, you know, they gain traction in in the government, they're going to ban abortion all throughout the United States, which is going to be Horrible for for everybody in the United States, and that that's a regression. That's that's and they're doing this because of religious uh, their religious ideology. That's the only reason why they want to do it. Uh, they can try to hide behind you know caring for the lives of children and everything like that, but you know blastocysts and and fetuses are not children. They're not people. They're fetuses and blastocysts, and so you you have. Religion looking to prevent or even regress society, and so in in, in that way, I think that it, it's ultimately a net negative. That's why. <coughs> That's why typically I I will also say that I'm an anti-theist, but not not because I want to like bully religious people or I want to force re, uh, you know religion out of society or anything. It, it's just because I feel that religion is a net negative on society. And as far as Jordan Peterson goes with the with the myths and stories,
0: yeah, it's very hot take. I'm gonna get a Jordan Peterson yeah, hot take. <laughs> uh,
1: I. I mean, I feel like that has some kind of internal assumptions that are rather demeaning to people, because Mm -hmm. when I hear that, I I hear Jordan Peterson saying that some people are just too stupid to Mm. think their way, you know, through life. And so they need these mythologies or whatever to make them feel better or whatever. Mm. And I, you know. You you can go that route, but I feel like that's ultimately masking like what could be the issue or it's really um, handicapping some people in, you know, leading a fulfilled life. Uh, mm. Because, you know, I, I feel like if you if you need these myths and everything like that in order to get through the day or in order to know right from wrong or whatever, I feel like you're you're sort of boxing yourself in a little bit from growing like there there's no mm. room to grow if you have this mythology you have this story that's what the story is and you know until you're told otherwise You know, that's the story of, you know, well, this is wrong because of this reason or whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you the option to really sort of flesh out why you think that it's right or wrong or why, you know, you think this is societally acceptable. Like, I I feel like if you allow people or you teach people how to think, you know, through these things, they can be, you know, a, a little bit more fulfilled in life. But Jordan Peterson seems to think that a good number of people are just too stupid to do that. And I mean, with the word salad that he puts out, I mean, I feel like the, the, the people that he's speaking to and that he's definitely targeting are the ones that are believing in him. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's not a bad assumption. I'm not going to sit here and call anybody stupid for Mm -hmm. like following Jordan Peterson on, on, on those particular topics, but I feel like – I just feel like Jordan Peterson assumes that a lot of people are stupid, and that's the reason why they need those myths. And I just – I totally reject that whole assumption that some people are just too stupid to be able to critically think.
0: That's a good good point. Yeah. I mean, to me, I would just be so depressed and disappointed in humanity if we couldn't at some level healthily move past these ancient myths – and have new myths, you know, or, or new anything, you know, new, new ways of, of having these communicate, these, these, you know, these conversations. Um, my wife and I always talk about, uh, the purpose of life, the meaning of life, these sorts of things, uh, cause we have very different views on it just from the way we've, we've, uh, been brought up. And she always says there is no meaning to life. Life is purposeless. That's always kind of like rubbed me in, in, a, in a weird way. But um, recently, together we read—or um, not together, but you know, happened to be at the same time—we uh, read the French philosopher Emile Chiron, and he has this book, uh, *The Trouble with Being Born*, and it's it's so fascinating because he's you know nihilist, who's you know life has no meaning, this this sort of a thing, and the way he articulates it. It's it's funny. It's very humorous. Like he's he's doing these these little takes that uh, all of a sudden like you'll be like oh profound this is so profound and then like you'll just start cracking up. And he had, like, he's able to to find this humor and this wonder and this glory and the purposelessness of life in a way that, I mean, it was novel to me. I barely even knew that that existed. And I, I love, you know, the humor of life. That's one thing I just like always rant about. But uh, to see that in the purposelessness of life, that's a story, right? That's a narrative that we're never told and that I feel like a Jordan Peterson or Bible-believing type of person would want to hide everyone from because, oh my God, like it's all dark and gloom and you're going to kill yourself and you're depressed and you need antidepressants if you have any sort of like this in your brain meanwhile like i don't know I, i'm not like married to Miel Chiron or anything i've I, I only read a book or two by him but uh it's like amazing it's like why haven't i read this my whole life and just had these thoughts in my brain of an alternative way to to approach this topic of purpose and meaning there's a lot there but like i do kind of want to ask you like more uh more of like a i don't know a basic question that, like Sam Harris always gets asked on this topic, which is that as we move away from <clears throat> religion, we have historically lowest church attendance ever, the lowest, I mean, the the rise of the nuns, right? More and more people say, and they have no religion. Um, do we do we, do you worry about community, how we're losing community because of that? Like practical day-to-day friendships are being impacted or institutions like marriage or these sorts of things. Does that trouble you at all? Or do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts about that topic?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that like the atheist community in general uh, has trouble with that, you know, religious communities seem to be able to do a little bit better. And that's you know community <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know it's often said that uh, the atheist community is a lot like herding cats because you know everybody everybody's going their own way and all this other stuff but i mean i feel like that's that that harkens back to the whole you know meaning in life and everything like that because if you're if you're talking about you know absolute meaning or transcendent meaning then i w- i would agree that there is no meaning but um the one thing that connects like all well in the theology of Christianity, at least, and their whole uh, communal, um, the whole communal aspect of church, uh, what you have is <clears throat> is this idea that you know you're supposed to praise God. Like that's the entire that that's the that's the meaning to life that Christianity gives is that you're supposed right. to do everything with God first in mind. You're supposed to do everything for God. If it if what you're doing doesn't glorify God, then you don't need to do it anymore. And it seems to be a really simple way, but it's it's one way that you know they're connected through community. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we move past religion, I think that we'll just see different kinds of communities you know popping up. I mean, we all we already kind of see that now like, you know, you've got um you've got school communities uh where you know you've got parents and parent teacher associations, you've got uh kids in different organizations in school and everything. And so, you know, there's a communal aspect to that and I think that you know, for adults that are not like in school or anything like that, you're going to have, you know, different, uh, you know, other than church, you're going to have different uh, communities. Um, and even, even right now, like I'm, I'm a member of several different communities, uh, online while I don't have any, any, like, I guess, physical community around me just because of, you know, the, we're not really, I guess, active all that much. Like, um, because of our liberal
0: <laughs> liberal position in a very red state. You're in Alabama, um, I believe, right?
1: Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm in North Alabama.
0: A lot uh, of blasphemy you're, you're dropping today for uh, yeah. an <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh But I just, I think that we'll eventually develop like new communities will we'll, we'll mm-hmm. have different kinds of communities that are not necessarily religious based, but that, you know, they could be, uh, you know, uh, one thing or another. I know like, uh, uh, the magic, the gathering is, is a game that mm-hmm. I play. I've, I haven't played it in a while, but, uh, you know, magic, the gathering has a, has a pretty big community out there where, you know, people will go to, you know, a car, uh, uh, you know, a card store, um, and, you know, uh, whenever a new set is released, they'll go to a card store and they'll play games with each other and they'll, you know, it's all, it's, it's all very cordial and friendly. I've been to a few events and it, you know, it's, it's a nice little community. And so I think that, you know, communities like that will grow. Well, another good example is like D D communities. Mm-hmm. Those are, 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 are getting uh, popular or well. I've never been into D&D, so I don't know how popular they have been like in the past or whatnot, but I've been noticing them more. And so like mm-hmm. that's a that's a whole other community. And then you've got, you know, communities that pop up at work. So I just think that, you know, as as church communities, you know, start to disappear, I think that we'll just have different kinds of communities mm-hmm. that pop up.
0: That makes sense to me because I mean, uh, I mean, people make fun of online communities as if it's not real, but I mean, I've met a lot of great friends from that started out as Twitter conversations, <clears throat> and uh, and then all you know, we join a meetup, and then I've I've met some genuinely really close friends that way. Also, I do think that uh, my two cents on on church is that a lot of there's a lot of toxicness that happens at church. Um, and a lot of the the relationships that I mean, I remember personally, totally overrated, like n- like very superficial and very just overrated. When I was a kid growing up, most of my re- close relationships were in sports or school, or uh, you know, definitely disparate from like the church community, even though I was like very involved in it. I would so much have rather any day of the week hung out with someone from my sports community than my Church community, and you know, definitely made those choices all the time. Um, but do you think, I mean, humans do have this, you know, drive at some level to have, you know, some sort of a, you know, religious communion or religious thoughts, religious something. And, you know, there's a lot of noise made now about like wokeness is becoming a religion, right? Or, or like anything you turned into a religion, religion esque do you think that we need a replacement religion? Do you have any, do you think wokeness is a religion or can be? I, I mean, that's a pejorative obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, what do you have any thoughts about that? Of Like we just will create a replacement just because that's what we do or, or, or not. Well, I mean,
1: I think that, I think it really depends on how you define religion. Cause be, cause you know, if you think about religion as like a set, of of beliefs that are dogmatically uh, held, and you know there's there's some kind of organization centered around it or whatnot. I think that naturally people form those kinds of of sort of uh, organizations at least, um, and I, I think that you know if we were to move past religion, I mean I can I, I mean we're all we you know we currently form these kinds of organizations uh congruently with with religion now you've got like there's uh at least down here in 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 the south there's this thing called the elks lodge uh it's like a whole organization uh that's uh you know i guess secular maybe i I don't really know that much about it i'm just know my stepfather's part of it but like uh you you have these kinds of organizations that people already make and so without you know church there i just think that you know other organizations will probably pop up and you know serve some of the some of the same things now if you mean by um religion as in like uh like a dogmatic position or dogmatically adhering to you know certain ideas i think you can do that with anything I think that you can dogmatically hold to, you know, liberal, liberal ideas, just like you can dogmatically hold to, uh, 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 more conservative ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the conservative ideas right now are a lot more dangerous for society than the uh, the left uh, the leftist ideas or the liberal ideas. Um, but I, I think that you can you can be dogmatic in both positions and and not be open to changing your mind. I think that uh, an important aspect of us moving forward, you know, from uh, you know religion or moving forward in general is you know to not be dogmatic about things like i'm not dogmatic about mythicism i'm more mm-hmm. than open for people to um to show me that mythicism is wrong i haven't found that yet but i'm totally open to the idea and so that's why i i like i i look for videos i try to find people that are arguing for the historicist side And uh, because I, I, if I'm wrong, I want to know about it. And I think that uh, more people need to be in that kind of mindset of like, well, if I'm wrong about this, then I want to know. And I find that, you know, uh, everybody for just about every position can be dogmatic and, and, you know, hold to their idea, even if somebody provides them with a good reason not to believe something. And I think that, that that is going to be all. That that's a whole separate problem, but it's also kind of entangled with these religious ideas because people, you know, dogmatically hold to religious ideas. Um, but I think the the dogmatism itself is also another problem that we kind of need to move past.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that there are whole countries, whole societies that have next to no religion in them. I mean, China is like a godless state. Um, you know, a lot of the Nordic countries are pretty godless through and through. Um, I haven't, you know, I don't know specifically about what they do to replace, if at all, religion. I have no, no idea. But um, yeah, America is is weird because we are so, you know, we're. I guess it's part of the just like the way we're indoctrinated about Americanism, that we think that we're a very religious country and so we just kind of like run with that which is interesting but i mean i agree with you just in terms of whenever there is any sort of um radicalization whether it's to the left or to the right whether it's religious extremism or, or like atheism extremism extremism whatever that might be um i i'm so much more worried about the the right-wing and the um, ultra-conservative and ultra-Christian um, or religious folks, they just seem to do more harm to society, like, writ large. And I'm, like, as a liberal person, I'm so ready to, like, list all the ways that I think that, like, wokeism can be kind of toxic, or liberals can be kind of crazy, and they can ignore things that are convenient, and on and on. They... Liberals are people. They do a lot of dumb things, but um, I'm like scared of like conservative radicals. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Christian nationalists are like the group, if any, that I would put my money on to like destroy our democracy. Right? If if enough of them just like rose up and did the, the what they wanted to do, that would be the end of American democracy. And they've said this publicly. Uh, you, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene or a couple of these folks. Think that we should be a Christian nation again? I mean, that's that's ending democracy. You know, that's ending the core of what our our country is. Let alone the whole you know stop you know stop the steal thing, all, all, all these things. Like they're they're kind of terrifying. They're legitimately kind of scary. I mean, do you think that there's any way for us? To get past that, where where we we don't have any like maybe we can have some excre- extremes. But we don't have any scary extremes. I don't know any you know uh, Christian nationalists myself, but you know I, I'm in California. You don't have to drive too far out of any city before you see uh, you know stop the steal stuff. Trump 2024 like very radical. There here we have a, uh, a movement called the Jefferson country or jefferson movement whatever it's called where it's like idaho and northern california and montana a couple of these states nevada maybe i don't even know they want to like merge together and have their own like mega red state because like the corners of all these states they're they're all super red right even though you know california is blue but like actually it's (laughs) kind of um and that's that's like worrisome there's there's all these all just like, like scary things um scary in that, like, I'm not actually scared of it, because I don't think these people will ever get that much power, but, I mean, do you have any any thoughts about, like, how to move past that, how to reach these people, anything like that? I mean, this, you interact with with people that I would consider, like, scary right-wingers probably w- way more often just being in Alabama. Everyone's a person, I'm, you know, I think we're all wonderful, and I, I grew up super, you know, conservative and Christian again, so I feel like I can relate to these to anyone. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that, like reaching these people or, or just like, like, you know, standing down the, the scary edges of the Christian nationalists?
1: Well, <clears throat> the the first and foremost thing that people can do, obviously, is, is vote and yeah. not vote for Christian nationalists. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of people are a lot of people out there are single issue voters. So like, you know, they'll vote Republican, even if it's just for like, you know, maybe, maybe you don't like inflation. And so the Republicans promise that they're going to reduce inflation, which I don't know. Nobody's come up with a good way of how that's going to actually happen as far as like the Republicans go. Uh, So I I don't, I don't know how they're going to do that, but let's say that that's your single issue. And so you want to vote Republican. Well, the problem is, is that this uh, the the midterms that are coming up um, in in this month, November, and uh, you know the twenty twenty four elections are incredibly important because if if you care at all about like women, the LGBTQ community, or or uh, you know people of color in general, like uh, all those minorities, like if you care about any of them. I would highly suggest not voting Republican. Even I'm not saying that you, that you have to become a Democrat or a liberal even, but not voting for Christian, Christian nationalists is going to be the resounding message that we have to send because they've been emboldened by people that are, are supporting them. They've been emboldened at the polls by people that are voting for them, even though they're sitting up there saying like, you know, my three things are Jesus, guns, and babies. Right. Uh, you know, there was there was uh, I believe that was a candidate from uh, Georgia who didn't actually win her nomination, but still, that there are plenty of people out there that are doing exactly that, that uh, who who are making their entire platform about their their Christian position, um, and that they could have some reasonable you know, positions on, on different things. But the fact that they're looking to push Christianity through the government, I think should automatically invalidate their candidacy for anybody that's looking to vote. And I mean, I know that some people might not like voting for the Democrats, but at least the Democrats aren't going to instill a Christian theocracy, which is what the, the ultra conservative, the, the MAGA, Republicans, uh, w- that's what they want to do. And that's what they will do their best to do if they're given power. Yeah. And so I, I think the-, the best way to combat it, number one, is by voting. Number two is by people not being afraid to push back. Like mm-hmm. uh, like me on Twitter or on Facebook or anywhere else on social media, like arguing against a Republican is not going to do anything. Like yeah. they're just they're they're either, you know, going to just uh, entrench themselves more in their position, or they're just going to block me, or they're not going to listen to me, or whatever. But if you have people that are in their lives that are pushing back against them and calling them out, uh, you know, on on the things that they're saying, I think that can have a lot more impact. Like, um, you know, I was recently on a work trip actually out to Barstow, California. And, you know, there was a guy there that was talking about how, oh, well, the pandemic's over because Biden says so. And so I tried to, I'm like, well, you know, that's not exactly true because, you know, it's becoming endemic, much like the flu. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, that's not what Biden says. I'm like, (laughs) I don't really care what Biden said. I'm trying to explain to you, like, what he was trying to communicate, yeah, and you know, of course, he was not having it. But the point is is that even that little bit of a pushback, like if you think about doing that every time somebody says something like your crazy right-wing uncle or something like that, if if you just calmly explain the position and you and you keep pushing it, I think j- much like the um you know the the religious discussion, of You know, an atheist talking to a, a religious family member or something like that, you know, constantly pushing back and explaining, you know, your position, explaining why either that's not true or this isn't true or this is true and that person's wrong. Like having those kind of conversations, I think, can really do wonders for changing someone's position. Um, it's definitely n- people's positions are not going to be changed by, mm-hmm. you know, um, mean people on the Internet. It's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And I mean, I just voted today, so it's, it's kind of on my mind. But um, I always make a point every time I vote to, like, look up the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of times the Democrats, especially in California, you know, are just incompetent or maybe they're embroiled in controversy or like I kind of want just a competent person at, at some basic level, you know um especially if if it's a complicated thing and i don't understand all the policy issues you you know secretary of state or i don't even know what that person does right you know (laughs) at some level um I'll, i'll look up the republican and uh i think i voted for one this time actually which is which uh what it was but um i i just will not vote i will just completely tune out if it's a republican who is one a christian nationalist at all or two like into trump at all and it's just because I think they've just lost touch with, with reality. And I mean, this is a futurist podcast. I, I like to talk about futurism. I also like to think about like, where is the world going and how do we get there? Because I just think, you know, things that we've tried before, um, a lot of it just doesn't work. And so why are we keep trying it? Why are we still doing it? Let's just try new shit. Even if the new shit doesn't necessarily work out, we tried it, gained knowledge. We can move on from there. That's just kind of my my political philosophy, like part of it um, it's just so interesting to me how people are just so into, um, I mean, just like literally losing track with, with reality and just like actually not part of reality anymore, like in this specific voting cycle. And for me, like the, the easy way to, to like check for that is, are you Christian nationalist or are you a Trumper? Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see our country quickly moving forward politically at all. I think that, like, a lot of just p- progress is just demographic changes. And that's why I like to talk about, you know, just people demographically are going to be less Christian. Maybe they'll be more into mythicism, that sort of thing. Because I mean, I just think that like, a lot of change is going to kind of happen slowly. We did have some radical changes in the last couple decades, uh, which I think is awesome, like gay marriage voting and, and certain things like that. But like, look how easy it is to uh, to turn back like with uh, Roe v. Wade, just gets turned back, mm-hmm. and it's because like older generations just vote. I mean, like like you said, I think that we just need younger generations to vote, and slowly they will be you know become the new generation of voters. But um, I'm I'm a little bleak on like the political future of America at the moment. Are are you uh are are you bleak about it at all, or are you optimistic that things are going to get better? Well, uh, I'm 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 holding my judgment right now until.
1: After the 20, uh, uh, after these midterm uh, Mm -hmm. elections in 2022 here, and and primarily because, you know, if we see massive Republican and and Christian nationalist turnout to where it overwhelms the the uh, Democrats and, and those that are voting liberal, then that's going to set the tone for the future of America. But, but if we see the Republicans getting shut out at the polls uh, you know, they're, they're being like massive support for, you know, anybody, but these Christian nationalist Republicans, that's going to send a huge, huge message to them so that maybe they'll tone down their whole Christian nationalist rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. you know, they'll change their tune. And, um, I think that if it, it, it just really depends on, on these midterm elections. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, that people won't vote. Like massive amounts of people won't vote for the Christian nationalists mm-hmm. um, that are are up for election uh, this year. Uh, but I, I guess I'm just um, I'm sort of I'm sort of wa- I'm watching the train go and hoping that there's not a wreck. And uh, we're, we're coming up on the turn where there could be a wreck. If yeah. there is a wreck, I won't be able to stop watching it because it's just <laughs> it's just going to be a horrible wreck. But if, if we can navigate that turn, you know, I think, I think we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's just, it's all about sending the right message and the right message right now is to reject Christian nationalism. But you've got, you've got so many people out there that, um, you know, are, are still indoctrinating their kids into like the, um, you know, the, the horrible ways of our past. Uh, I mean, just this past Halloween uh, I was perusing uh, Twitter and there was a group of teenagers uh, where they were dressed in blackface in like the black and white jail uniforms and had somebody as a cop and like, Oh, that, that's, yeah, that's a yeah, little that, shocking. Yeah. that That's, that's some really like old, 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 understanding of, of everything. And obviously like that entire persona was, was taught to these
0: kids. Yeah. That's the memo from like 2008. I mean, (laughs) yeah. And
1: so, I mean, you still, you're still going to have people out there that are pushing, you know, for, for that kind of, for, for being unapologetically racist and misogynistic Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. but, I think that if we can send a resounding message about Christian nationalism, about racism, about, you know, I I know a lot of people might, might feel like it's, it's reaching to say it, but Nazism, I mean, we're Mm -hmm. seeing, I like, there's way more Nazism in America than I'm really comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 it's kind of hard to say that there's, that that's not a major trend when it, it seems like at every single like Republican um, uh, rally or Republican get together or whatnot, that there's like a Nazi flag there. Like there's at least one Nazi flag at every single Trump rally and every single like Christian nationalist rally Mm -hmm. that, that I've seen. And so it's just, I I feel like we just need to send a resounding message about it. And if we don't, then, you know, that's going to be bad news for America.
0: Yeah, well said. I totally agree. Uh well to wrap things up and to, to kind of bring it back around, um, I do want to give a shout out to Richard Carrier. You you mentioned him earlier, but uh he's he's the guy that I think if you are, you know, listening to this and you think Jesus mythicism sounds interesting but stupid, he's the person that I would probably recommend to like watch some of his videos where he lays out his thesis. Um it's it's so much more like reasonable than than i would have guessed you know for just a couple years ago before i really dipped into this topic it's quite reasonable um i also want to recommend the godless engineer youtube channel uh i it's it's fantastic and a lot of fun to listen to and i'm I'm curious if there's anybody that you would recommend um people check out to you know maybe dip their toes into the, the jesus mythicism topic
1: well, uh, David Fitzgerald is always a good uh, resource. He's got some nice short books uh, on Jesus mythicism. I actually did the cover art uh, for his "Jesus Mything in Action" really? series. Really? Oh wow! Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, who is it? John C. C. or, or uh, Smalley. David David C. Smalley. David. He he always talks about that book. I think he did the audio for it. Yeah. Uh, I believe. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've I've meant to.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's a really good book series, and and that's for you know somebody that doesn't that, that maybe is not ready to get it, into like all of the real I guess nerdy biblical stuff yeah. about it. There's that. Uh, I also have an app on the app stores called Crestus. Uh, that's C H R E S T U S. Uh, that is, uh, if if you don't, if you don't want to spend like the money on both of carrier or all of, or a lot of carriers books, uh, just yet, uh, you can get like a brief sort of summary overview in the app. Um, and, uh, it's, it's supported by like a, a lot of scholarship, I try to make sure I have the best information in it. Uh, so, you know, you, you can find that on, on whatever app store you're on. Uh, but the, there's that there's, um, let's see who else the, uh, the, the myth vision channel, uh, they, now they do lean historicist, uh, Derek does at least. And, uh, but I mean, he does try to have like both sides of the argument well presented. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, honestly, yeah, honestly, the, the best thing that I can say is that if you're looking to dip your toes into this, um, you know, it, well, a good thing that I've found is Listening to debates because what you'll have is you'll have both sides represented. And so you can hear the back and forth and you can kind of judge for yourself. Like who's got the better argument, who's Mm -hmm. making a better case. And, um, I wouldn't listen to every single mythicist, um, out there because there, there are crank mythicists out there. There are mythicists that, you know, don't use the best scholarly position available. But if you listen to people like Dr. Carrier, um, when he debates, he's got a lot of debates out there. He's got a lot of discussions, uh, on this topic that you can hear. Um, and then of course there's, you know, lectures by Carrier or Fitzgerald, um, or, um trying to think there's anybody anybody else that's really lecturing or there's a price know, right uh price well the price prices is i mean uh his he's a little problematic in multiple ways but okay i haven't he, followed
0: him at all but i know his name yeah
1: yeah he he's a little problematic so i wouldn't necessarily um i i wouldn't necessarily go to price for it he does have a degree that's relevant to the question so like it, you know if you want to check out some of his books that might be okay uh but i i would pretty much just stay on the mythicism topic as far as price goes okay um but uh but yeah i mean those those are the best sources that you uh that, that people can go to that can consult uh i know carrier has a blog that he he uh uh writes on uh at least uh, i want to say 3 to 4 times a month uh but he covers you know mythicism he covers uh, you know, uh, atheism, he covers just uh, religious claims in general. So it, it's, a, it's a generally good blog to to keep up with. Uh, but the, yeah, so I mean, those would be the resources that I would point people to.
0: Excellent. That's great. Yeah. Something I need to check out myself. Well, uh, thanks, Ron, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And it was a pleasure speaking. Oh, thank you for having me on here. It's uh, I'm always excited
1: to talk about mythicism and, and this kind of stuff. So I appreciate it.